0: pursuing something technical which is engineering, uh, specifically aerospace engineering. I was in operations which is uh, piloting. I was in the quality management as well being an aviation auditor and uh, you know one of the youngest aviation auditors in the industry right now.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Aviation Surf podcast and on this episode we've got Param who is a student entrepreneur a pilot and engineer as well. So, Param, please introduce yourself and why you got involved in aviation and what influenced you to become a pilot in the first place.
0: First of all, thank you, Junet, for including me, uh, you know, in your podcast and
1: giving me the reach uh, through your viewer base.
0: I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, Well, as Junet mentioned, I'm Param. I am currently a trainee pilot and student aerospace engineer pursuing his education in Lithuania. So, yeah, I mean, that would be a very short uh, introduction about me as we speak on and elaborate.
1: All right. Like you said, Barham, that uh, your program at Vilnius Tech is a master's and pilot training program together, integrated program. Uh, What is the structure?
0: Yeah, so it's a very unique and a very, very uh, challenging program. It's worth about five years worth of studies. And, uh, you know, you do parallel aircraft piloting along with engineering. So you have to, you know, learn about operations and learn about the aerospace technical side uh, you know in the parallel you know it's like an integrated program you cover the whole program and by the end of it you get a masters in aerospace engineering and you get a frozen atpl but a but a cpl license uh, in hand
1: I see, you know, like the flight schools we have in the rest of the countries. So we've got particular ratings itself. So what involved you to choose this program? Like it's a long integrated five years program. So what influenced you to choosing this program?
0: I think the lack of opportunities that the uh, you know flight schools provide. Uh, it's uh, one of the major reasons that I managed to pursue a degree here uh first of all i mean i'm part of the aviation department of a national university here in lithuania so you know we have multiple departments we have uh, people from different fields we have business management students and electrical engineering students uh we have i mean the whole plethora of uh, you know of the educational fields one can pursue and we are part of the aviation department here. So uh, you know the credibility and the standing of the university helps a lot in this case. You learn a lot more than just being a pilot. That's one of the reasons uh, for me to choose this particular university. Second of all, I mean, I was accepted in a lot of other universities, but the good thing about this one is, uh, is that the program was affordable and uh, the kind of amenities and the kind of uh, quality of education that the university was providing was very, very lucrative for me. And, you know, secondly, it's part of the European Union. You've got a lot of opportunities when you come to the European Union. Uh, I've managed to attend a lot of aviation conferences, training programs, uh, you know, a lot of, I've been a keynote speaker in a lot of programs within the EU. That's, you know, a few of the reasons that I would list out as uh, my preference
1: uh, to come here. Exactly. You know, considering how Vilnius Tech actually ranks amongst one of the topmost aerospace universities out there, uh, it's good for you, I think, you know, considering you're getting a integrated master's and you're completing your pilot training as well. So that opens a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. Uh, so that you can get into the engineering side you can get into the flight operation side as well get your uh, ass on the side and apply for the airlines in the long run but um, now you have you're a well established personality you have done so many other things what are the difficulties during your uh, five years program at Vilnius Tech considering you've got a lot of pros uh, with the program but what are the cons in this program
0: i think you know if i if i list out the pros again regarding in my program five-year course and you get a very lucrative and a very good affordable degree that uh, you know you can culminate at the end of the program uh, but i mean there are there are also other advantages for example we have our own aerodrome and we have got a good fleet of aircraft or training uh, even the individuals that we have uh, within the faculty are chosen from the best of the best within the country so it's being in the cohort of the most capable students within a country and that makes it even more special is what i would say uh, along those lines we have got aviation professionals who are you know currently uh, leading uh, the aviation industry in europe teaching us so that's i think you know the aim and the uh, the ultimate goal of any student is to learn from the best that's what we get here that's one of the things uh, when I say the cons, I would say that the cons are not particularly from the educational side, but it's, the program is very, very demanding. It's a very vigorous program. You know, when I say, when I just plainly say that it's uh, aircraft piloting and engineering, I do not just, it's not just a statement. It's actually a feeling because it's an emotion because at the end of the day, you, ha- you have to work at least 18 hours a day just to cover up the program. You have to uh, study the technical side of engineering, which itself is very challenging. And you also have to learn about operations. So whatever you're learning in the morning, you're actually applying in the evening, which is not available anywhere else. I mean, it, it's a kind of program, uh, you know, not everybody can pursue. So that's the con, and. And because you have to work so hard, it takes a toll on your social life, on your personal life. Because at the end of the day, even if I'm a professional, even if I'm a very hardworking student, I still want to have a social life. So that's one of the cons.
1: Exactly. Like you said, uh, you know, any of the programs out there actually require you to work hard. And, you know, time management is one of the most essential things. Uh, So how are you managing all of this? You know, you have... So many other things going on. You're involved in startups. So you're a student entrepreneur as well. Uh, are doing all of the studies together. So how are you managing all of this, and how is it working out for you?
0: I think this is something that every student must learn when he enters university or even in school is time management, and not just time management, effective time time management. Once I I, I learned that art of time management during my first year when a, a lot of, uh, you know, pressure was put on me regarding my studies. And uh, coming back to the cons, as I forgot to mention, one of the cons of the program was also the entrance uh, test and the entrance exam that I had to go through for getting into this program. So for the international students who want to pursue this program, it's not simple as, you know, you just come here, fill up the forms, give your mark sheets and you're in the program. No, like I said, it's they only choose the best for this program. The people who can actually face the pressure and at the end perform well. So. Uh, but during the first year I had to go through the mechanical stream. I, uh, I was in the mechanical engineering, uh, faculty. I was part of, the, I was between, you know, mechanical engineers who wanted to pursue that degree in mechanical engineering. Basically it was difficult because you were learning a field, which you thought was not interesting for you. And there's a lot of work involved when you become, when you're studying mechanical engineering in the first year something uh, that demanded a lot of time a lot of effort and afterwards you know in the second uh, semester uh, of the first year they take something called as the pilot aptitude and battery test something which is very common across all flight schools all good flight schools and and aviation institutions to check whether or if you have the capability to become a pilot along with that they also demand a certain amount of uh, GPA and, and, you know, a certain amount of marks in the mechanical engineering, uh, which is quite a lot, actually. They demand at least a 9.0 GPA, which is basically 90%, not easy for any engineering student. At the end of the day, uh, when I went for the entrance exam, they took the PABT, which is pilot aptitude and battery test. They took the psychometric test. They had an interview process. And last but not the least, which was the most challenging, was the physical fitness test, something you will not see anywhere where we had to run three kilometers, do pull-ups, uh, sprint, and you know achieve a certain amount of marks within that range, which was very challenging because we, I mean, as an Indian student, I never faced these challenges in India as a, whether I was, when I was applying to colleges or whether I was in school, I had never faced this challenge. So I think this was something which was really difficult for me during that time. And like I said, It all requires a lot of discipline, a lot of time management. I had to sacrifice a lot of things to pass, pass through the requirements and the, and the procedures and the tests to actually get into the program. So the program itself is very difficult, but getting into the program is a separate challenge altogether.
1: I see now, like you have stated how vigorous the whole program is and the the selection process itself. Now, considering your background, what were the requirements for you to get inside the course itself?
0: uh well, it was initially, it seemed simple. when i when I was glancing through the program, you required uh, to have I mean, you had to have some scientific background in terms of your uh, school education, and you and and basically have some English proficiency uh, certification. Uh, and because you go through the first uh, phase of mechanical engineering the pro, the requirements were not as much as i thought it would be uh, the cutoffs were relatively okay manageable uh, to get into the program the major requirements uh, for the aviation program was the entrance exam itself because that is where they scrutinize your documents they scrutinize your uh, abilities and along with that, you also had to have a class one EASA medical uh, certificate from the local civil aviation authority and aeromedical Center. So, I mean, that was the official document. And other than that, you had the requirements, like I said, the PABT test, the psychometric test, the IQ test, uh, the interview process, and the physical fitness test. Initially, there were about, I think, eight or nine students which claimed to be running for the program in the international pathway. Out of eight, They, uh, because the program is so difficult, about uh, five of them dropped out by the time we actually had the course uh, entrance examinations, because, you know, mechanical engineering is not everybody's cup of tea, uh, apparently. So, and because the course itself is so demanding, out of three students that were selected for the aviation program, one dropped out midway. Currently, we are only two international aviation students and about 20 other Lithuanian or national students who are in the faculty, and these students include ATCs, uh, avionics engineers, aerospace engineers, Uh, we have uh, helicopter pilots as well, so I mean it's whatever you
1: can uh, imagine within the aviation spectrum, we have all of them here. That's amazing, to be honest, to have a good exposure around you itself, you know, to get involved inside the aviation. But now considering how you have gotten into the program, program structure itself is such a demanding program in the first place. How does the program come in terms of the cost associated with it, can you please share about it? Did you get any scholarships as such for the aspiring students who want to get inside the program, who wanted to know how the, the whole course structure and the cost associated with them is?
0: Yeah, so I mean, when I talk about the cost structure, I don't know the current cost structure, to be honest, uh, because they keep changing every year depending, on, depending upon the, uh, you know, uh, considerations they have for the international students etc cetera, etc cetera. when uh, i'm paying about overall for the whole program 5 years worth about 70 70 to 75000 euros for the whole 5 year program and uh, i think that's quite a good deal as per me because uh, you know you see prestigious and uh, you see other universities and and other colleges giving the same program but it's it's extremely expensive you know uh, this is the kind of cost structure which is associated Coming to the scholarships, unfortunately, during my time, uh, scholarships for international students in this particular faculty and, and field was not available. We do get something called as the monthly scholarship. That is, if you have a certain amount of grades and you get one of the highest grades across all faculties, you get a certain amount of scholarship on a monthly basis for one semester. But then it's, it's again, very challenging and it's very competitive because you have to be best in in the whole student community across the university faculty. So like I'm, I'm expecting one very soon. I'm expecting one scholarship very soon. Uh, But other than that, if you, if you talk about the tuition fee and some reductions in that, or or maybe uh, a helping hand within accommodation or something like that, it doesn't happen.
1: I see, in, in my opinion, 70,000 is actually a very good deal in terms of you're getting your master's uh, degree as well and you're getting your pilot training together. When you compare to the other schools who, who provide integrated programs which cost you above and beyond 100,000 euros itself, it's a win win, I'm pretty sure. Now, to sum up the whole topic of uh, Vilnius Tech, I have one last question considering how difficult uh, the employability of students is depending upon the, the language in the European sector itself. Uh, Did you face anything as such? Do you have anyone who has faced anything as such?
0: Well, I, you know, the employability, when I talk about European aviation and specifically uh, the country, which I am in right now, it is very difficult. Anybody who thinks that, you know, uh, we'll come here, we can maybe do some piloting course and we have like uh, other options and and we can get a job here. It's not that easy, specifically in the aviation field. Uh, becoming a you know getting a job as a pilot here itself is is difficult uh, because of the reason is that you have to be a citizen here or either you have to have permanent residency for them to even consider you for the position that's one of the requirements that nobody knows and nobody caters for the other thing is even if you want to go into the technical side and even if you want to let's you know join any part of the aviation industry you have to have a lot of qualifications for them to even consider you because they always give preference to the nationals over internationals. That's a very relevant and a very, very God honest truth. So that's one of the reasons that I would say that the employability is, is entirely dependent upon the candidate. It is, you know, if you if you just graduate with a, a pilot's license or maybe just a master's degree or both and you think, okay, you know, people are going to, going to be running after you for jobs and employability, it doesn't happen that way.
1: Uh, Param, now you have a very good involvement inside the startup community and you have founded UAB Param as well. Uh, can you please shed a little bit light about what is it based upon and how you getting involved in all of the startup communities?
0: Because- yeah, actually, the you know, I, I never thought I would go into the startup uh, business and, and the entrepreneurship field or, or anything remotely related to that because I was a core aviation professional, not going out of my spectrum, uh, want to specialize and, and just be the most qualified in, in aviation and not divert from my path is what I would call it. Uh, but, you know, COVID-19 has... Us, uh, has, has taught me a lot of things, and it and it forces one to think about the viability and the versatility of of how a, a professional should be. So during COVID 19, I knew a couple of businesses, medium and small size businesses, who were facing a lot of difficulty. So or or I would say the the, the time after the second wave or the third wave, which was the most affected here. So it was not really. Uh, good to see that, that they did not have the proper tools to market them uh, and and get their customer base uh, and and uh, and even survive uh, the pandemic. Uh, and before the pandemic, they were doing quite well, which was a b- bit astonishing that, you know, they couldn't survive it. So that is how I thought. Uh, that is how UAB Paramount came into the picture, where we wanted to help small and medium businesses get a larger customer base, make them global. Uh, help them with marketing as a listing aggregator. So we were quite a complex listing and service aggregator where we wanted to take uh, maybe uh, different genres of, of small and medium businesses, pubs, restaurants, bars, hair cutting salons, uh, recreational activity providers, uh, even for that individuals who were giving some services such as uh, plumbers and, and, you know, gardeners and whatnot. So we had made a platform for them to onboard them and, and, advertise for them and get them connected with their potential customer base, which was not limiting them to a certain geographical area, but was globalizing them, helping them with expansion through us. And, and at a very, very affordable rate, that was the major part because, you know, the cash crunch and the liquidity uh, and the market value after COVID was really low. So that was a major challenge. We're still working on it. Uh, And we are still trying to get as many people as we can on board. And we do have some potential partners who are interested in our ideas and are very, very uh, motivated to come on board with us through this journey. That is about my particular startup, which is UAB Paramelty. And the product that we were uh, going to give and we are going to launch is uh, something called UniMinion because you know we are a university-based startup. We incubated in the university and basically we are minions. We, we help you with everything. So uh, okay. that's how we came up with the idea and with the startup. Uh, coming to startup community and my association with startups, I would say before I went into the startup venture and in the entrepreneurship field, I made it a point to learn about it first, to do my research properly, to, to get into the community, learn from people and not repeat the same mistakes that they did. So I, I joined a lot of global startup communities around me. I learned a lot of things. I, I formally also did some courses. I, I pursued some education uh, within the entrepreneurship field. And after getting that education, uh, contributing in community building, I'm also a gold ambassador for, for one of the uh, startup accelerators, which is uh, based in Germany and works globally. Because of all these associations, I think that is what also further motivated me to get into the startup uh, business. And yeah, so th- I mean, that is how it started. It, it just happened. You know, you, I observed a lot of things that were going around me. I wanted to improve the situation and it
1: just happened. Honestly, that's a very good initiative, what, what you have done till now. And, you know, you've gotten involved in aviation so much that I don't think so there's any way, any other field that might be looking very compromising for you other than uh, aviation right now. To the other aspirants, uh, student entrepreneurs out there who want to, you know, have a startup like yours or get involved in, inside the startup community in the first place, what are the tips and tricks would you give them to the viewers out there?
0: You know, the first and foremost thing is uh, determination and discipline i think that's the that's one of the first tips i would give the startup community and and, and the uh, startup process is very challenging you know it's very gruesome uh, a lot of people give in and give up during the middle of the process uh, i've seen a lot of people who just go on with the idea of thinking that it were, it's a million dollar idea go uh, work on the startup, launch it in a very short period of time, get bankrupt and are, uh, you know square one back again. And I think one has to be very determined to continue with the process, face the challenges, be disciplined enough to learn about the mistakes, be very observant about it. So I think that's one of the first things I would say is that if you have made up a mind to you know, enter the startup and the entrepreneurship field, be very careful about it give due consideration, do your research, just do not enter it blindly, make sure that you have the right amount of resources, the right kind of idea, validate it is, is what I would say to the upcoming entrepreneurs, specifically aviation entrepreneurs, because you know analytical thinking is something that's uplifted in our community and in our industry. I believe it's not only in our industry, but it, its uh, applications can be done across a uh, plethora of
1: of sectors and, and different industries. I So before you had gotten involved inside the startup community, correct me if I'm wrong, you were a drone pilot as well. Uh, so what influenced you into becoming uh, a drone pilot and uh, getting involved into the UAV community as well? Can you please shed a little bit of uh, light on it? Yes.
0: Yeah, so, you know, as an individual, I do not like to uh, set a certain bar to my uh, capabilities and... and Horizontals as well as verticals, right? I was pursuing something technical, which is engineering, uh, specifically aerospace engineering. I was in operations, which is uh, piloting. I was in the quality management as well, being an aviation auditor and, uh, you know, one of the youngest aviation auditors in the industry right now. I wanted to pursue something in the UAV industry as well wanted to educate myself because it it was a very lucrative industry and uh, during that time and well, even even right now for that matter. And we were taught something, you know, uh, all of this uh, curiosity started at university when we were taught something about UAVs, how to make them uh, and and, uh, something related to that particular industry. So I thought, you know, it's something interesting I should pursue. So I went on to join a certain place where I could, uh, get my license as a drone pilot so i got certified in in multi rotor drone uh, piloting and well general dro- general uh, drone piloting as well along with certificate and diploma in uh, drone mechanics and uh, drone engineering which i further wanted to pursue for you know which i wanted to per- pursue further so i went to cranfield as well i was invited for a short uh, course there in autonomous uh, uav systems I attended that in 2019. And after that, I realized, okay, now I'm into drone operations. I'm into drone te- technical. What's left? So I said, oh, drone law. So, okay, let's let's go for drone law now. So I, I did a certification in, in drone law and commercial drone business law, which was one of the, I mean, it was one of the most interesting courses that I had seen because, you know, it's not very developed as yet. Uh, along with that, I thought, okay, now, I am done with the drone industry because I mean, I have got a lot of qualifications. I wrote a bit of, uh, some research papers as well for uh, scientific journals to put in. So I thought, okay, I've got a good hang of it. Let's not uh, limit myself there. Let's expand myself into the law, uh, aviation law, you know, sector. So I pursued air law, aviation law, space law, along with uh, specialization in drone law as well. So I, I educated myself and got certifications and diplomas in all these fields. And finally, very recently, I thought, okay, operations and the technical laws are done. Let's go for something in aviation business. So I pursued uh, you know, a diploma course from the prestigious Irish Law Society, which is the Mecca for aviation leasing and finance. And it's one of the most prestigious courses that they have and one of the most prestigious leasing courses in the world, actually where we were taught by the industry leaders, the absolute front runners of the industry. Uh, so I managed to get a, uh, do a six-month diploma there in, in Dublin. It's been an amazing experience. Like,
1: you know, as you understand, I've never limited myself or my capabilities or my education in any form. You have grown in such a personality that I don't think so. there's anyone to compete with. And you have uh, almost touched every aspect of aviation up till now.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I I personally believe I have a lot to learn. I still want to keep learning. I don't want to limit myself in any way. I'm still, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to a lot of conferences to attend, a lot of training programs I can attend. Uh, I, I also, like I said, I did not limit myself further. So I recently also, I'm a lead auditor, one of the youngest lead auditors in the industry right now, which is quite in demand looking at how many airlines and startups are coming up. So, you know, they need a lot of auditors. For those kind of uh, purposes. And uh, yes, I, I'm looking forward to expanding my knowledge and not limiting it, something which is very important in the modern aviation industry.
1: Uh, now, along with all of this, you are a journalist as well, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. You are working for Aerotime Hub. It's one of the largest aerospace related content that they give out. So, how are you managing all of this and uh, how did you get involved? In
0: yeah, that? so Aerotime Hub is one of the global leaders. Uh, for not only aviation related media but also recruitment and, and various other fields right so it's like uh, it's a global platform which has got a, which has got high credibility and and is one of the best in the market right now in, in the aviation industry right now you know one of the important things along with keeping yourself up to date and and learning about different phases is also to have a good power of expression and the communication ability as an aviation professional since i wanted to improve it and i, I and i thought i you know since because i have a good power of expression i thought i should be contributing to the media side and the communication side of aviation as well which i think today the the uh, the particular field is uh, was undiscovered by me yes yeah, so i am currently uh, an aviation
1: journalist in,
0: in aerotime
1: hub Coming back to the Vilnius Tech program, the prospective students, before they start applying to the program, so what is one tip for them to get ready, you know, get their medicals done or are there specified requirements that are needed? So what is one tip would you give them?
0: Well, you know, you can't prepare for the, the, the worst thing about the entrance exams and the, and the kind of uh, the requirements that they list, you cannot prepare for them in advance other than the physical fitness test i don't think you can prepare uh, you know your uh, pilot aptitude and battery test at home you cannot prepare to have better marks in in uh, mechanical engineering in the first year that's something that you have to learn while you go along with the program uh, so i think one of the uh, tips that i would give is is uh, be mentally and physically prepared for the program that you're going to Apply for and and please do all the research, please do the associated research, be mentally and physically ready for the program because it's going to take a lot of time today uh, after you know whenever I'm uh, working and and studying at the same time, I have almost and uh, I, I will not exaggerate this enough I have nineteen hour work days. I start all the way from in the morning at four. I, uh, I have to go for early morning flights, They're sometimes scheduled at seven o'clock and our aerodrome is like really far. So you go in the morning at uh, leave in the morning at five 30, go for flying, come back, attend off, uh, well, attend office in between as well. Certain for a certain period of time, you attend office, then you go to the university, you attend classes because, uh, by the way, our attendance is compulsory okay in the aviation program okay. so you attend classes after attending classes you also have a startup and you're within the startup community so you have to contribute there as well which is extremely important it helps you stay relevant and helps you keep up to date with your uh, startup plans and your ambitions and then again you know the, the whole process comes back uh, to its starting point the next day so it's a it's not a process that everybody can endure and I've personally seen it. I've witnessed it. People who cannot endure it have a extremely bad time, and that bad time and, and that bad experience affects them professionally, educational wise. It it uh, affects them as a person, and also drastically affects their uh, social life. Unless until you're really ready to sacrifice a lot of things, uh, specifically your time and your social efforts and everything, you know, do not consider aviation field or and specifically this particular program altogether.
1: All right. So uh, what was your first flying experience you had uh, at Pilnias Tech once you have got inducted in, into the program? What was the first experience you had uh, when you took off uh, along with your instructor? You know,
0: you'd ask me about how did I get into aviation and, and how uh, was I versed with this particular field? Well, I would I would say that my, my father is a retired wing commander from the Indian Air Force. He was a pilot in the Indian Air Force, uh, flying the Antonov 32, uh, which is one of the you know best used uh, transport aircrafts, highest uh, frequency wise used uh, transport aircraft within the Indian Air Force. So I have lived among the community of aviation professionals and specifically the defence uh, aviation industry professionals all my life. It influences you as a person. It is it is very apparent that you are drawn towards that field because you see people working in it day in, day out. Specifically when you're so fascinated. And, and I think I would definitely thank my parents and, uh, and give regard to my father for you know, motivating me in this particular field because I had a very uh, good background in aviation with my father. And I, and I got a lot of motivation looking at that aviation life that, that uh, a professional endures over his career. So that is how I got into aviation. Now, when it comes to my experience, you know, when I used to be in the university when I was uh, maybe 19 or 20 today, I'm, well, currently I'm 21 years old, but when I was maybe 19, uh, and, and, uh, when I was a part of the aviation program, sitting in the class, you know, studying the subjects and engineering, the first thought that I would have in my mind every day in the morning is when are we going to fly? When, when am I going to, te- uh, you know, get the taste of flying? When is it, when is it? And finally, one day when I was in the cockpit and I saw the procedures, I did a lot of things. I, I, I observed a lot of things. And when we first took off and the, and the wheels were up and I think that was the best feeling any, any fun could have anybody because you're part of, you know, these fascinating and amazing machines, how they able to fly. You know, God did not intend uh, humans to fly. We don't have any wings. We don't have any natural means to fly. But when uh, the human kind was innovative enough to make aircrafts, and when you're able to use that particular invention to your advantage and, and get the taste of uh, flying and, and get to experience such a thrilling, uh, you know, moment, I think it's the best thing anybody can get through and, and, and experience. Very true, very well said,
1: honestly. you know, oh, Very wow. similar to the podcast I did before as well with a flight instructor who also said the same thing. It is a feeling you can never compare with. You will not be able to get that feeling anywhere else. The
0: best thing about
1: this feeling is not everybody has the chance to experience it.
0: There are only limited amount of pilots in this world, limited amount of upcoming or, or the prospective aviation enthusiasts who are actually pursuing this field. And not everybody is made and, and is molded to become a pilot. It's something that only few individuals in this world can can experience. And with the lack of pilots in the industry and everything that uh, the the, uh, aviation industry is facing right now and witnessing, I think it's apparent that uh, it's a very specialized field, and which is not everybody's cup of tea.
1: Exactly. Very well said. Not everyone is privileged to actually get into the pilot training right now because it requires a lot of funding to be there in the first place. A lot of risks to be taken in order for you to get involved uh, inside the whole industry. Uh, coming to the end of this podcast, we have a few rapid fire questions for you, uh, Param, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Please, please fire away. The first uh, question I would like to ask you is, what do you think happened to the crash of MH370?
0: I'm not very well versed. You, you see, as an aviation journalist, I would say... I see so many incidents and I see so many things every day on a a daily basis. I have to write about them on a daily basis, report them. Is that a particular incident is, is, you know, oblivious to me. Although it might have been a very, very significant incident. uh, But I do not recollect it at this particular moment is what I would say. (laughs) Okay. How has COVID-19 impacted you in the past few years? I think the lack of social interaction Is one of the things uh, that has impacted uh, you know me as an individual as well because I'm a very extroverted student and a very extroverted person who doesn't like to stay at home who doesn't like confined confined spaces I'm more of a guy who goes outdoors uh, who likes to attend classes on site who likes to uh, basically learn about things going to a particular place meeting people well you know that's that's how it affected me personally When it comes to my training, I think because of the uh, COVID restrictions and and the limitations was one of the major factors that affected our flying training last year, where we were not able to achieve the amount of target hours that uh, we were aiming to achieve, which was one of the, I mean, which is one of the operational issues that is still continuing with the uh, uprising and the the spike in the COVID cases that we are witnessing. I I think those
1: are the major factors uh, that I would point out. Alright, so one last question. Which is the ugliest plane you have ever seen in your life?
0: You know, being an enthusiast, I, I've never seen any ugly plane. I do not consider any plane or any aircraft to be ugly. As long as it flies, it, it's it's beautiful to me. I make aircrafts uh, as an aerospace engineer. I, I can say that I, uh, I'm i into designing. I fly aircraft, I lease them. I, I I do so many things about with aircrafts. If I consider them or I critique them to be ugly, I do not think I'm I'm giving enough justice <laughs> to the, uh, <laughs> machine is, uh, you know, giving me so much opportunity.
1: All right, Panam. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast and sharing the whole journey of your achievements and the way you got involved inside the aviation community and your program at Pilnius Tech as well. Thank you so much for coming.
0: Thank you so much, Junet. I think, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, more podcasts and more interviews from your end. I think, uh, not a lot of people are into this particular aviation podcasting genre and if you're pursuing it I think it's very brave and courageous of you at the same time very very innovative of you so thank you for giving me this opportunity i'm, I'm I think uh, I'm not uh, I'm looking forward uh, to you know getting better within the industry and and uh, helping the industry grow as well in the future so thank you for for all your kind words and and uh, thank you very much